Hello, and welcome to the JewishBoston.com podcast. This is episode seven. I'm Jen, here with Jesse. Hello, everybody. We're also here with the Deputy Consulate General to New England of Israel, right? Right, right. right. Okay, this is Matan <laughs> Zamir here. Say Hi. hello. Hello, everybody. We're so excited to have you on our little podcast here today and talk about some exciting things happening here in Boston in the next few weeks, and also what the Consulate General does yeah, here for the... some general questions yeah. about uh, <laughs> consulatoriness. <laughs> yeah. I'm very curious why, the, the really basic first question, why Consulate General of Israel to New England and not for New England? Ah, uh, wow. So <laughs> Hard-hitting the, so, question. Yeah, yeah, the first one I wasn't expecting. But let me ask you a question before. Sure. So do you happen to know what's the difference between a consulate and an embassy? I only know I only know the difference as it uh, pertains to like spy films and like <laughs> spies spies can never hide in a consulate they can only hide in an embassy because it is foreign soil. So right. I know one so is foreign soil one is not technically. Um, so I'm not sure about this but I <laughs> so I didn't read en- enough like um, detective novels to know that actually but so the, it's very simple actually uh, an embassy would always be in the capital city. Ah. And the consul- so they're both missions of one country mm-hmm. in another country's land. But so the embassy is we'll always be in the capital city. We have an embassy in Washington. And then we have nine consulates. The Israel has nine consulates uh, all over the U.S., Boston being one of them. One of, a, of the smaller consulates. We are basically very small in terms of like staff. Uh, and we're covering the f- five states of New England. Very cool. Yeah. Where else in the U.S.? Are the other consulates? So that's for okay. So you're, oh, <laughs> you're no, testing I'm my. Oh so no, I'm so sorry. But I think I might be able to. So we have New York, Chicago, Houston, Atlanta, Miami, Los Angeles, uh, and San Francisco. Oh, very cool. And let me ask you: like, is the strategy to put them in like because they're all major urban cities in America that you mentioned? But is the is the strategy of like if a lot of Israelis move to like Minneapolis, would you mm-hmm. guys think about putting a consulate there? Or like, how does the process of having consulates work? So, so that's so the number of Israelis is is one basically factor. There's also the Jewish community because mm-hmm. the consulate is also um, a representative of the state of Israel, which is the Jewish state. So we and the consulate works a lot with the Jewish community, but also in terms of um, uh, political um, capital or um, or financial strength. So there are few factors in in basically. Th- those in, in Jerusalem that sit and decide, they, they take a lot into consideration. Actually, as of this summer, uh, Israel is closing its consulate in Philadelphia for many reasons, your budget, and then also trying to shift more and open more embassies because the ministry's budget is very limited. Mm-hmm. Open more ministries in Asia and Africa. So they had to close a few um, missions, the embassy in, uh, the consulate in Marseille, the embassy in, in San Salvador and a few others. And one of them being the consulate in Philadelphia, they're, they're closing. And yeah, so that's kind of like happening this Got summer. Got it. Oh, well, that's cool to understand. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you from the, re- the rest of the Northeast, it makes sense that you'd leave Philly because Philly's the worst. Um, oh, be nice. <laughs> yeah, the city of brotherly love is well, that You were listing the cities that, you know, the consulates were, were closing down. I was like, great city, great city, and then Philly. Um, oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, for our Philly listeners, which we don't have. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So... I, I'm trying to. I was trying to remember the name of this, but I grew up in a very small town here in Oklahoma. As did Jen. Here, we're not here. So not here. So we're here, in Boston. Here in the United States, in, uh, <laughs> in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the Jewish Federation had a guy. Like it, it changed like every three years. He was Israeli. He brought his family. I think he was the shliach. That's the name. Yeah, that's shliach. The name. Is that is that a consulate program or is that like a? No, that's a Jewish agency. Okay. Uh, they are. 
hundreds of shlichim of the Jewish agency throughout the world. Their main, I think, agenda is to promote aliyah, to promote like, immigration to Israel. Uh, but they also work with the community um, on you know, cultural events and then doing the holidays and just promo- uh, promoting Israel and, then pro- and, Jude- and uh, Jewish values in the communities abroad. Very cool. I've been thinking of that word all day, and it just came to me just now during this recording. That was, that was amazing. All right. <laughs> nice. Um, what um, specifically then, what does this consulate do here in New England? Like, what are some of the cool things you guys are doing for this community and maybe specifically your role? So uh, so my role is like the easiest thing to, for me to describe because, I, and I usually say, uh, me being like the deputy consul general, so I basically do whatever the consul general doesn't like to do. So <laughs> I think all deputies that listen to us like kind of, yeah. I understand what I'm saying. The official answer would be that we're basically the official representatives of the state of Israel to New England, mm-hmm. but that's just like the title. It means right. a lot. So we're working with the academic world. We're working with the communities, that mainly the Jewish communities, but not only uh, different communities. Uh, we work with um, you know the the leaders of the, of, the, of the both leaders of the community, leaders of the society, but also leaders of the s- different states, monitoring what's happening now. For example, with the elections. We went to a lot of the rallies, kind of like updated the ministry back home in Jerusalem Got with it. processes. So there's a lot, and for a very small consulate that we have a, like, a lot of our, on our plates, we also work closely with the communities ourselves. So we really, it's important for us, both the consul general, Yuda Yaakov, myself, the rest of the staff. So we go and volunteer. We just last year volunteers at uh, Credits for Crayons, the, the Boston Food Bank. Uh, we try to also invest ourselves personally with the community. So that happens a lot. Now, on the everyday uh, work, we we provide consular services, okay. and that's something that like that's kind of like our bread and butter. We both we help um, um, Israelis that need from passports to notaries to kind of consular services, but we also help the local Americans who need visas because usually don't need a visa to go to the U.S. Right. to Israel like for Americans, but when it's like a student's visa or a clergy visa, or like uh, working visits, so different types. So we give it here. Uh, oh, so that's, that's a lot, yeah. That's nice, nice and convenient <laughs> yeah. here, so, in case anyone needs yeah. those services. Yes. So you'd say like, like, as far as like the like percentage of work that goes in one direction versus another, is it like, is it 50-50 as far as like helping people, either Israelis here with issues, or Americans going to Israel and issues, plus like general outreach for the state of Israel? Um, if 50 into like volume of work yeah like i mean like i guess what 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 do you spend m- more of your time on is it more of the sort of representing israel in the local community or uh the helping of israeli and american citizens to visit and, and go to school and so i'm lucky to have a very professional team here at the consulate so in terms of these what like the consular services and helping with the israelis and helping with like the like the jewish com- or those who want, not only jewish community but those who want to go to israel and so I have like a very professional staff. So I'm I'm privileged to kind of like monitor it. So I don't invest a lot of my personal time, and it leaves me a lot of time to go and sit with students in universities and go to synagogues and then talk about Israel, uh, go to the, the campuses and kind of like um, and just speak about the current. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation and, and then brainwash that happening regarding right. Israel. So we try to do our best to be in the campuses, in high schools, different organizations, synagogues, but also churches and other venues. Kind of like just talk about what's happening in Israel and what Israel is all about. 
Very cool. That's a fun part of the job. Yeah. 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 I know you said right before we started this interview, you've been in Boston for nine months. So right. you've gotten to spend a lot of time getting to know this whole community. Do you have like certain extended periods of time like that? Do you know how long you're going to be in a location at a different consulate or do you like, is it just like any job application? Like you just apply and you're like, I'm going to be there as long <laughs> as I want to be, but it's a government appointment. So you're, yeah. You're right. So yeah. So um, you don't necessarily get to choose. <laughs> um, with with the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs, so I'm again. I was I was lucky with our first position in the ministry. You don't really get to choose. We get to rank, mm -hmm. but it's not like a guarantee. And then I was posted in in Mumbai in India. I was posted there for more than two years. Served also as the deputy consul general in our consulate over there. And then I actually not only chose, but I really wanted to come to Boston. So I'm very lucky that they, so because from the second posting onwards, it's basically uh, like a competition. Got so it. Many people apply and then one person like, gets it. And I was the fortunate one to get it. And I'm, yes, you said I'm nine months here and I'm loving it. I think it's a great city. The community is very welcoming. It's, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. That coming here was like actually the first time that I visited this, the city. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> which was like, you know, you're coming to a place that you know for sure that you're going to live for three years. That okay. like, answers your question. So I'm going to, I'm going to be here for three years, because because uh, after five years outside of Israel, we have to come back. Right. For at least two years, and then again we can go abroad, and then again two years. So that's kind of like the game that we play. Got it. That's very cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Let me ask you this. So I, I don't even know how to phrase this this question, but you know, especially when you're interacting with the Jewish community in the town you're in, how do you handle when like American Jews themselves talk about Israeli politics, right? How do you because I'm I'm assuming your role is nonpartisan, right? Right. And so I guess I'm just curious like how how you handle like <laughs> those sort of arguments that come up. It's a hot topic. Yeah, it's a hot topic. Um, so I I let me tell you a short story before because so I've, like I told you, I've been giving lectures and I've been going like all over around town and all over New England. And I usually I don't like to like, give a long lecture, so I usually like to open it to Q and A. And then yeah. usually the first question that I'm being asked is, "So who does Israel support in the next in the coming oh, like, yeah <laughs> next election?" And then obviously I can't answer it because like you said rightfully, we represent the Israeli government, and the Israeli government doesn't really. So the relations between the U.S. and Israel are so strong that we really believe that each one of these, the candidates that are now run in the race will be supportive of Israel uh, mm -hmm. in their own way, you know, with like nuances, but the relations will be super strong regardless. And it's the same thing with like, with, so when I represent the Israeli government, I'm also again, very fortunate to really believe in what I'm, I'm saying. That's the reason I left my previous career. I was doing business. I was working for a telecom company. I worked in the Israeli Supreme Court. But when I work, when working for the representing the state of Israel and working for the foreign ministry, I really believe in, in what I'm saying. I have that's why I joined that that like the passion that I have, and I, I hope that it's also it I can also like um, uh, present it outside so people mm -hmm. can actually feel it when I speak. So so there are challenges and and there are difficult questions that I try to attend, to answer and to kind of, and to reflect the Israeli, like the best maybe perspective. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but not everybody agrees. That's also okay. That was an amazing diplomatic answer. I have to say that was, that was very impressive. Um, <laughs> I was struggling. I don't know that if you was, noticed. No, it was good. I was, I was like, You're great. <laughs> I have a quick question. Like, so you, uh, you worked for the Israeli Supreme Court? Yes, I did. What did you do there? So well, I, I studied law. I am a lawyer. Uh, and during my 
third and fourth year of law school at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, I was the head of the training department at the Israeli Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court hosts every day groups of high school students, soldiers from the IDF, and then groups from, uh, from universities and also international visit, visitors. And we have like 50 tour, tour guides of the Supreme Court um, that they don't come and just see or tour the building. It's, it's called, I was like the director of the Institute for Citizenship and Democracy. So they go, they attend an actual trial that is happening and they learn about like the one-on-one -on -one Israeli democracy and the laws and, um, and the, the Israeli system of, of uh, rule of law. And, and I was like heading this and it was so fulfilling as well. It was a great, a great job. That sounds great. Cause you That's can't cool. even, like as a tourist here, if you try to see the U.S. Supreme Court, you can literally just look through the door into the area. Like you don't <laughs> need to like, go bye. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I should go. I mean, I probably won't be, I could look at it, like you said, from outside, but I should definitely. Well, it, I, I, I tried to find it once and I like apparently every building in Washington, D.C. in a certain area looks exactly the same. So I was trying to find, yes. I, was, I was trying to find the U.S. Archives building and ended up somewhere else. I was like, uh, it's very confusing yeah. city. Okay, like, oh, this is an office building. Very yes. logically oh, that. yeah. No. That's really funny. Like I said, you've been in Boston now and you're enjoying here. And now Yom Hatzmut's coming up. Yes. In, what, two weeks, three weeks? Yeah. Longer? I don't even know what date is anymore. Um, and what is that like now that you, you haven't been in Israel for it for a few years now, but what is it like celebrating Israeli Independence Day in Israel? Like, what is it like celebrating it here in the U.S., in Mumbai beforehand? <laughs> yeah. So in Israel, growing up, we had, like me and my family, we had like this one thing we did every Yom Hatzimut, every Independence Day. Uh, for the e growing up in Jerusalem, so the eve of you know in Israel how we have the the uh, dichotomy between Yom, the Memorial Day, which right. is the day before, yeah. and then Yom and Yom Atzmut, like the, the so the day after. That was, there is one official ceremony that basically separates. It's on Mount Herzl in Jerusalem. Then all Israelis know it. It's like live on all in every TV channel possible, and it's happening the the evening of the um, when Yom Atzmut is kind of like over. Yom Hatzmut is over, the Memorial Day, and then Yom Atzmut starts. Mm -hmm. So growing up in Jerusalem, I used to attend this ceremony every year, but not we could not get in because it's like officials only. So we used to drive our cars to Mount Herzl. We used to park outside the road like every year, and because around 10, 10 p.m. when the ceremony is over, there's, there there were these fireworks. So growing That's up, so I think great. every year from like I think. I, until I was in high school, because then, you know, when you're in high school, everything is boring and I don't want to come. Right. And so you just, just took my sister. But I was I was loving it. And then the day before, the, sorry, the day after that Yom Hatzimut itself, we did what all Israelis do and basically all Americans do, barbecue. So that, yeah. Yeah, that's like Yom that's the Independence Day for us, for me right. growing up. Now, I absolutely agree with like what you said, that when you're celebrating the Independence Day outside of Israel, it gets a whole other meaning. Because when you look at what Israel has accomplished in last year, it was 67 years, through Indian eyes, because I was in Mumbai, I, they actually made me realize even more how Israel is basically a miracle. Because when mm -hmm. you look at Israel in 1948, when it was established, and when you look at Israel last year, 2015, and you think about how we became uh, the, start, the startup nation, number one in the world in, in high-tech company and startups, number one in the world in museums, how we've turned our economy upside down. We became an empire in terms of water technology, desalinization, irrigation, right. and then just to name a few, medicine and academia and all these areas, our economy, there's, there's still there are a lot of challenges, but India 
which got its independence only eight months before, before Israel in, in August of 1947, they really believe that Israel is a miracle. And I, I'm sorry, but I, I mean, maybe I'm not objective, but I have to agree. Right. Because you know? <laughs> it's really, I think, I think it's really the case. And I'm really ex excited bef for the first time we're going to celebrate this year, the Yom Atzmut in, in here in the U.S. have no idea what, what to expect. Yeah, what to expect. <laughs> but I'm ready to be surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully there'll be some, I know there's a whole weekend of celebrations with um, combined Jewish philanthropies and the Israeli-American consulate. They like, uh, there's just events all weekend long. And um, I know there's, it's, it's exciting. Like I've never actually, last year when I was here in Boston, I didn't really partake in anything. And mm -hmm. I, I went to the Celebrate Israel Day, but I was working. So like, I didn't really know what I was partaking in. And growing up in a small town where there were very few Jews. Yeah. Like you didn't you didn't celebrate anything and so it's really exciting to hear how people celebrate it and what, how passionate American Jews are about Israel and it's a really nice coming together of the entire community to see what they're celebrating, yeah. why they're celebrating. Well, I mean, it's also it's fascinating from like a historical perspective because like one of the attacks against Jews before the state of Israel was always that uh the, you know, there was the, there was always an attack of uh, dual loyal, uh, you know, du dual loyalty. One to the place where you're living, and one to the state know, of Israel. Yeah, the state of Israel. Oh, the, the the idea of the state of Israel. Mm. It was always thrown at Jews. Like they would never be loyal to the country they were in. And the fact that American Jews feel comfortable enough celebrating another country's Independence Day, I think, is a is a good sign because you know American anti-Semitism has been different from European. Whatever I could go on for an hour, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I think it's incredibly important because it's you know it's an outward sign that American Jews are comfortable with this other part of their identity that is separate from their Americanness in a way. Yeah, so, I agree. It's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, I've always been, I've always been fascinated, and I'm I'm sad. The one year I was eligible to go on the March of Living with you, you know, you're going through the concentration camps on, you know, um, Holocaust Remembrance Day and then celebrating Ooh. Yom Hatzmut, uh, you know, in Israel. The one year I was eligible to go, there was a, there was an attack in Jerusalem. And so they canceled mm. the Israel part. And I was like, so they're going to send kids to the concentration camp and send them home. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I would like to have a happy life later oh. on. Um, they, I think they canceled the trip altogether. It's like 98 or something. But like the fact that all these holidays are so You're close together, when you I know things like that. I'm old. Um, <laughs> like the fact that all these holidays are so close together, like it's it's a it's an emotional journey. I feel like both Israelis and American Jews go through every year right. about like literally going from the worst moment in our history to a recognition of the sacrifice leading into the best part of our history. So I've always I've always been fascinated with how Israel handles Memorial Day versus how Americans handle Memorial Day. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, it's important for me also to say that I think uh, at the beginning when Israel was still fragile and young, uh, these days of independence were celebrated. I think, but but I think there was a f I wasn't there, but from like listening to my grandparents, there was still a feeling, oh, it's still fragile. We still have to keep it. But I think with every year, we just get more and more reasons to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Israel is now when you look at Israel today, you see how many reasons we actually have and how many so we've been I think we've been every year we've been just uh, we've been blessed with more and more I mean we did it we've been blessed but we also did it to ourselves uh, in terms of just um, Israel is uh, one year after the other I think um, becoming more and more um, strong in these right. in many areas so yeah and it's great to see everyone kind of coming together around that whole whole idea yeah. so exciting I mean, I have more uncomfortable have more questions. questions, but yeah, I, I have tons of questions. Like, here's, I'm 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 a politics person, so like <laughs> the whole idea of like embassies and consulates and having to 
speak for a government that is constantly changing and like being a spokesperson for a democratic uh, d- democratically elected government is tricky because it's constantly in flux so you never know exactly you have to be very right. delicate about things and Israel especially has lots of issues where it has to defend itself while also accepting certain things back and it becomes depending on how this op- you know this um, office operates but like the fact that you have to go and you know help people sort of defend the state of Israel well then also like I don't even know how to describe this, but like deflecting attacks that are unjustified and allowing critiques that are justified in a conversation about the state of Israel. I imagine that is incredibly difficult. All right. Um, so as I said, I started as, as a lawyer and I, I had very strong conscientious um, um, issues with myself on representing. I worked in a, in a, let's say a large law firm in Tel Aviv and we were representing maybe some organization or I don't know, insurance companies or, or, um, or polluters that I wasn't always comfortable representing. I have to say that I'm, I'm 100% comfortable representing the Israeli government. Now you're right, governments change, ideologies change, even the same government can change its own ideology, but I believe that I represent something that I'm I'm completely passionate about. Now, there, there are no perfect countries. Right. Once you find me the perfect country, I'll move. Even being an Israeli, <laughs> you know, I'll move there. I believe but it's uh, called America. No, okay. no. Uh, whoa. Okay, 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 We've got okay. plenty of our own issues. But I do want to say that um, it, because we are democracy, and if you look at the Middle East today, you would see that in terms of democracy, Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. If in terms of stability, look around us. Look what's happening in Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, and then and Yemen, uh, Egypt. So to name a few. So if you f- if you look, and then more and more countries around the world actually understand that, that mm-hmm. if they look at this very problematic region, our our neighborhood basically, and when you look for something that is stable strong, reliable, and democratic, the only option is Israel. And that's, I mean, it says a lot. I really, I really believe it says a lot. Uh, and more, like I said, more and more countries understand that. You know, that you, you, you just reminded me of all of Israelis' neighbors. Like, Jordan is the only one that's been, like, relatively just sort of there. Like, it's not, they, they don't seem to be causing any trouble. Like, they don't seem to have massive government strife. It's just sort of there. Like, I haven't just heard anything. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Of all of all the Israeli neighbor countries, I did not expect Jordan to be the most stable one over this long period of time. But I have a couple questions about I don't know how much time we have left, but about the Israeli population here. Yeah. Because um, like, honestly, I don't. I feel like I I interact with them that often because I like they're most of them are probably here for for work or for school, and so they're doing different activities than I'm doing. I'm, but I think that's also reflective of Boston as a city yeah. in general. I think Boston is a very transient city in terms of its higher education is like the biggest part of this city. And so, so many people come here for school and getting their master's and their PhDs. And I think that's like mirrored in the Israeli community that's here. But I no. don't. I don't know right. what you see uh, working. So there's a yeah. More so there's I think in it. terms of numbers there are around I, th- I would say around more than 10,000 15,000 Israelis. Uh, some of them are here for many years. Some of them are here only for 2 3 years to do their postdoc or to do their masters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very friendly community, very I mean warm as well. I, I met quite a lot of, of the Israelis here and I think I can say all of the Israelis mm-hmm. that I've met here were like super friendly to me and and welcoming. I think the trend that I would mention in terms of the last year that I've, and then I've, not only that I've noticed it myself, but also he, the feedback that I'm getting from the Israelis, is that in the last maybe year or two, 
there's been more and more attempts on on building bridges between the Israeli and the Jewish community. And, yeah. and there's a lot of things happening here now between in some of the synagogues and some of the schools uh, with the kids surrounding the holidays and around Hebrew in, as a language that they learn together. So and the Tzufim, the youth movement. And so I think there are more and more activities happening between the communities here. And I really think that there are seeds that over time will progress uh, and will be able to have like a one large, very united. One hundred percent. I think that's a huge piece of what IAC and CJP is trying to do. Right. Even like over the Yom Hatzmah weekend, there's three different events and then. IC is planning two of them, CJP is planning one, but we're actually planning all of them together. Right. And like, it's a very, um, they want both communities to be feel comfortable to be able to come to all of the events. There's a family event that's for not only the Israeli community, but also the American Jewish community that it's, it's for one in celebration of this whole weekend. And I know Blue and White Night for Young Adults is both both the Americans and the Israelis all coming together. There's the Machina concert. Like It's all one event, like three events, one weekend, all of the like communities, both sides, and I, right. I think yeah. that's like a huge thing that both of our organizations are working towards, and making sure that those communities see that they're welcomed in both sides. So yeah, Jen, I have to, I want to <laughs> add, I absolutely agree. I think that what I've described did not happen in a vacuum, and I think we have a mm-hmm. lot of thanks to say both to the CJP and to the ISC the, and their leaders. We've been strong partners with them. We've been privileged as 100%. talking on behalf of the consulate to work with these amazing organization and doing so much for the community with them so I just hope that these two organizations will just will continue to work the way they, they do uh, and we can do a lot of things together I really believe in it yeah L- let me ask you one more important question <laughs> who's worse Israeli drivers or Boston drivers <laughs> no, so uh, don't quote me on that but Indian drivers <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Too, like, they're, they're in their <laughs> they're own category own uh, league. Um, between Israelis and, and Bostonians I'm yes. not going um, I'm not the best driver, so it's not for me to say, <laughs> but I would say Israeli. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, They're yeah. Him for run for the yeah. Money, I mean, I just, like, yeah. again, I, I haven't been there since 1997, <laughs> but that was the first time I was like, what is happening on these streets right now? <laughs> I do not understand this. <laughs> like, roundabouts everywhere. Yeah. Um, but, well, thank you for talking with us today. This is yeah, great. Yeah, this is really great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for yeah. hosting me. Yeah, it was incredible for me. And Yom Atzmaut Sameach. Happy Independence Day for everybody. Yes. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Check out uh, Jewish Boston for all of the events. Uh, you can search uh, the search works on our site now. You can search uh, <laughs> celebrate Israel, and uh, you'll see uh, um, the three events Jen mentioned. So, great. See you there. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode of JewishBoston.com. We had a great time talking with the Deputy Consulate General, Matan. Uh, Jesse and I would just like to remind you of a couple of the dates we talked about with Matan. So Celebrate Israel is coming up shortly, the whole weekend of events. May 12th on Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. at Whiskey Saigon is Blue and White Night. It's a young adult party um, to celebrate Yom Hatzmut. Then on Saturday, open to all ages, is a concert. Uh, Mashina is coming uh, at the Ber- at Berkeley. And that concert is in the evening. And then on Sunday, there's a whole day of family activities also over at Berkeley. Uh, Open to all ages, parents and young children. We encourage you all to attend on Sunday, May 15th. We'd like to thank again Sean Fogel for the amazing JewishBoston.com podcast music. I want to thank uh, CJP Young Adults and uh, JewishBoston.com for letting us do this. Don't forget to check out uh, the new JewishBoston.com. It's been up for about a month now. It is so pretty. It is very pretty. 
And uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and send us an email at podcast at jewishboston.com. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Bye. Shalom.